So we've got um, Lynn, Tyne and Kevin to talk to us tonight because they're all great with um, making relationship, maintaining relationship with people um, in the world with unbelievers. Um, before we get into the questions, um, I'll, we'll put up a um, phone number, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to text them through to my phone. Um, don't text anything that would distract me, though. Um, <laughs> and we'll start with the first question. So, as Christians, why is it important that we are in the world? Ladies first? Or? <laughs> um, I think it is important. I think um, you look at Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time in the world. Uh, and I think always a good example to follow. Uh, I think you see him meeting with tax collectors, you see him with the Samaritan woman at the well, um, you see him healing the lepers and the blind, um, and genuinely with people who I think, uh, like a lot of society would look down on. Um, so yeah, I think it is very important. I think Jesus did it, uh, and I think we should too. Uh, you know, when I first walked in, I love this photo, if everyone saw. Uh, Katie and Rach did an incredible job at painting the world. And, uh, why, like, I love that question, though, why? Because, um, you know, we, in our society, I don't think we actually ask the why questions enough. We ask a lot of what should we do, um, what do we eat, <laughs> you know, what can we change, how can we change the world? But uh, when I love that, I love that question, why um, do we spend time with non-Christians? And a simple answer when I was thinking about it today even um, if I didn't have that one Christian, his name was Elijah, one of my best high school mates. Um, a bit of context, I only became a Christian in 2012 uh, for about so nine years now. And if it wasn't for him, I was at a moment in my life where I was at the lowest of the lows. I was actually in America um, where I was parting, parting my life away. And uh, he saw what God was doing in the time and he actually shared the gospel with me for the first time in my life. On the front, I kind of had things all together. But deep down, I realized, I knew there was something missing in my life. And when he shared that Jesus was dead, like he died and he risen from, from the grave, and he, he fulfills every single one of our purposes, or, or he gives us purpose, I went, you know what? I think that's what I'm looking for. And that night, actually, uh, after questioning him, hounding him with all the tough questions, I thank God so much that if it wasn't for him in my life, um, I probably wouldn't be following Jesus now to where I am. And so I think the important part is we need to be in people's lives, in non-Christian people's lives, so that they can come to know what the gospel looks like in our lives and also hear um, the gospel message that Jesus loves us no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, and, uh, and he can give us purpose in life. Um, why? Great question. Yeah, just following up on what Kev said, like just being the light of the world, like before I became a Christian, you know, I wanted to fit in with, you know, the people around me and my peers. And so, you know, I think society tells you about uh, the different things that make you happy, make you satisfied, content, happy. Um, and that's, you know, centered around like money, you know, having a nice house. Um, so, yeah. So I think, you know, uh, for me, I was chasing the wrong things that, you know, thought that would fill me but actually left like a hole in my heart and yeah when I knew that when I came to Christ that this is what gave me like contentment joy hope and peace and this is um yeah I think this is what true joy is that's awesome uh so have you guys got any stories 
of how you've built relationships with other people and through those relationships you've been able to bring them to Christ. Lynn, I know you've got many. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn's uh. nickname is Lynn Credible, by the way, because <laughs> he's incredible. Thanks. And his name's Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we call Rev, Rev Kev oh, because no. he, he drives pretty fast. So <laughs> Under the speed limit, Beth, uh, sometimes. She, she helps me. Uh, sure, I'll, um, I'll share. Uh, so this one time I was, actually was after Beach Getaway, so we have this annual thing. And the night after, I was meeting up with my cousin for dinner, and he didn't show up, but I felt God like was um, prompting me to go by myself, which I've never, ever gone to dinner by myself in a restaurant. And I was sitting there by myself, and this guy walks in, and... You know, he was also looking for a table as well, and I asked him to come join me, and I remember he just had tattoos on, you know, all over his body, and I'm like, okay, how do I connect? So I asked him, oh, so what do your tattoos mean? And I remember him sharing, and then he said, the next tattoo I'm going to get is a verse from the Bible, and then that's when I knew, okay, this is why God sent me here. And I remember we sat down, and... You know, he really asked me, like, what is a relationship with God? Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, I guess people find it really hard to, um, yeah, have a feeling of what that really means. And I remember sitting down, downloading the Version app, and we just read the Bible together. And I think just from then on, like, I gave him his num- my number, and we just exchanged numbers. And once in a while, he would message me or call me, tell me what's going on, like his struggles and things like that. And I remember just sending him like verses in the Bible to encourage him. And yeah, it was like, you know, a few weeks of that. And I remember I was meeting up with Kev, actually. We were buying pants for your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) You got to wear pants for a wedding. Necessity. Oh, actually, it's optional. No, no, you need to buy pants. Especially when it was cold in winter, wasn't it? <laughs> but yes, this guy was, he had incredible testimony to actually meet him. Hey, Lynn. Mm. It was like, wow, this is, Lynn had told us at Lifecom, like, hey, I met this guy who God sent me and, and we were, he was simply going to go have fur, Vietnamese noodles. But God sent him this guy and I was like, hey, I'd love to meet him. And so we, yeah, we caught up. And I, I actually remember that moment, reading the Bible, with opening God's word with him. Man, he had incredible questions like genuine questions. When, when Jesus talks about the seekers, this guy was like, so, so why, like eternal life being born again. You know Nicodemus in John 3? He was like that. <laughs> um, pretty rough background, hey, wasn't he? Uh, like drugs, alcohol, but he had genuine questions and I'm like, wow, God, these are the people that are around us that you've put uh, here in Canberra. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I find that they're all around us. I guess we live in the world, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think th- the thing I loved about that moment was, you know, we sat down and read the Bible and, yeah. you know, Kev was able to, you know, I think it's it's great to, s- like, read a story from the Bible and to connect it to what he's go- going through. And I think you did that amazingly and, you know, literally didn't hear from him for a few weeks and then he messaged me and he said, I uh, just got baptised, I've come to Christ. And, yeah, praise, praise God. God. Hey. <laughs> praise God. And I, and I love that, I guess, story because, you know, God used us to partner with what he was already doing in this guy's life. Um, and so, yeah, 
I guess we can't really take credit for that, but yeah. Tyne, do you have a story you would like to share? Go Tyne. Um, I have <laughs> lots of stories of, um, I suppose, getting to know friends and then coming into church. Um, and I have recently been encouraged, a lot of them, it's been a very long, long, painful, very long journey. And we are not quite there yet. Yeah, it's very painful. Um, and I was very encouraged over Easter, one of my friends who I've been praying for for a very long time and who at one stage was coming to church, was coming to LACCOM, uh, was asking all these very cool questions and then one day it just dropped off and I was like, all right, that's not very good. Um, and over the weekend, over Easter, his grandma, because um, of the lockdowns, wasn't able to go to church and he messaged myself, Elise and Rachel um, and he was like, can you pray for me and for my grandma? Like, she can't go to church, but we're going to do church together. And I was like, what a cool opportunity. I was like, A, um, like, you've been a part of our community enough to come to us when you would like prayer or encouragement for your grandma. And now your grandma also has this crazy opportunity to have church with you over Easter. Um so, yeah, I think I have heaps of stories where our church has come around, a lot of my friends, and has encouraged. And I think as a church, we've become a community for them. Um, yeah, so I think a long, very painful journey, and I think we've still got some, some ways to go. But I was very encouraged this Easter that our community is a community that people come to when they need help. Sounds like a, a, a similar thread, hey, when people around us drop off the face of the earth. Uh, it reminded me actually of a story. I, I don't know if you guys have many friends who you kind of like, you're sharing faith with and then obviously like they, they change or they're not interested. Um, but it reminded me of my sister. Some of you guys know Becky Tran, or now none. She just got married as well, which is exciting to a great brother-in-law, uh, Jacko, uh, in our North Church. And anyways, um, long story, when I, got, when I came back to, or long story short, when I came back from America, uh, out of my whole family, I, I came back with this message of, of change, transformation. Like, Jesus had literally revealed himself to me. I'd encountered him physically and, and, and surrendered my life and my sin to him. And all I knew was that Jesus was alive and that he had forgiven me of my sin. And out of my whole family, like, my mom, who's Buddhist, my dad, like, everyone was kind of, like, shut off to it. Like, this is weird. Kevin's, you know, he's got these weird stories and experiences. But Becky, my sister was the only one who was like, what do you mean? And there's genuine, I guess, curiosity of faith. And I think God was doing something. She saw the change in my life and then also wanted to know more about what I was actually saying. And so, um, you know, there was a time where I was discipling, sharing faith with her, and then all of a sudden she cut off. I was like, you know, I invited her to church. She connected with some of the girls, like some of the great, great girls around us, but then just disappeared. And I said, God, why? Like, what's... There's, not, there's no fruits that's coming. Um, and eventually, actually, uh, the biggest thing was a point where um, she was wrestling with the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And to her personally, it was like, this is not fair. How could someone, you know, literally give everything, f- like, for us? Like, is, or, or her fairness was, if everyone goes to, if you believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. But if you don't, you go to hell. Like, she, she kind of said, that's not fair. And um, I, I generally heard that on a heart, and I think that was what she was wrestling with, that cut her off. And I love this. God brought in a moment. I was talking to a um, new couple, hello, uh, earlier, <laughs> about Christian radio, right? And um, 
amazingly, I came home one day and, and uh, God, I, I remember the Holy Spirit said to me on my heart, he, he said, as I was walking to the bathroom past Becky's room, he just put this thing on my heart saying, hey, go turn the radio on. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Followed the prompting, turned it to the Christian radio station and uh, just, you know, lightly went on, went to bed. The next morning or, or the next few days, Becky actually came to me. This is after like she disappeared. And she said, you know what? Kevin, this is so weird. I came into my room the other night and I heard the Christian radio and, and this preacher was talking about the fairness of God right there in the moment. Uh, it, and it spoke that, you know what, actually what Jesus did was not fair. But hey, that's why it's called grace. It, he gave us the gift of, of, of eternal life, not from what we've done, but from what Jesus did on the cross. And actually it, it isn't fair. And so for her to come to that, like God spoke to her in that moment and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Um, that was the breakthrough that she needed to actually take the next step. And, you know, now if you know her, she's, she's discipling and raising up other Christians now in our community. And I love it. I love seeing what God is doing in her life and through her. Um, and that's, I guess, the story she dropped off. And now she's back um, and on the great path. That's awesome. So, so before that, we were talking about um, reaching unbelievers as a community and not just by yourself because that can be quite challenging so um, the question I have is how do you connect people from the world um, with your Christian friends do you have any tips for that Lynn we've done a tip haven't we Monday soccer anyone here <laughs> Lynn's an incredible goalie too by the way um, anyone here like football soccer any footy fans in the room no one wrong crowd Kev <laughs> Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think for me, um, like, so we, my wife and I started this refugee ministry about a couple of years ago, and I think, um, yeah, what helped was to bring them into the community was actually just sitting down and actually listening to people's story and, like, you know, really get to know them, what is important to them, and yeah, just really understand, like, you know, where they're at. And for us, it was, um, the, all the families are predominantly Muslim, so I think, yeah, it was a bit challenging. But I think just coming, yeah, when I asked them, what's the most important thing to you? And they actually didn't actually put their faith as the first thing. They actually put their children as the first thing. And I think um, from there, I just um, really focused on what, you know, how do we build this bridge? And it's about their children. So, you know, we started doing English classes for the kids. Um, we, yeah, every time we, like, you know, invite them out to barbecue or anything like that with the church, we make sure, like, the kids were taken care of, like, did games. Even the last time, um, yeah, Chloe got cupcakes and got the kids to decorate, you know, in the cupcakes. So I think, yeah, just building that relationship where they know, like, you, you know, you have their best interests at heart because, um, yeah, I just can't emphasize enough, like, it's the love of Christians that bring people to Christ. And, you know, the more you bring them into community and show them how much you love them, but how much we love each other, I think that's the, the best testimony. And I guess a few other weeks ago, for those who weren't, uh, or in the city, we actually had after North Church, um, after our gathering, we actually went to the park and invited some of the refugee families with us. 
and uh, it's, it's incredible. I don't know about you guys, but I love sports. And uh, to be active and, you know, it makes you come alive, but also, you know, has physical benefits as well as spiritual and social benefits. And so one of the things I love doing is actually uh, creating new teams, um, social teams, uh, competitive teams. Have, and I've always had this heart, like, to have non-Christians and Christians playing together for a common goal. Uh, because that's when you kind of get in the mud, sweat and tears and try, you know, try to work together, right, for a common thing. Um, and to even see some of these guys just play volleyball, throw the frisbee, uh, uh, like it was a great way to connect. Um, and the greatest thing I love is you don't have to speak the same language. Um, you kick a ball and you smile and you have a great time. Like it's an awesome way to connect in a different way. And I find that brings, you know, with non-Christians and Christians closer, um, having a common goal or a common thing. Um, yeah. Have you guys um, faced any challenges um, with your relationships with the world and what keeps you going? Um, and we'll start with time if you like. Uh, have you found any challenges um, with the relationships with the world and what keeps the relationships going? Um, I think one of the things that I often find the most challenging uh, is probably keeping hold of the wine. Um, I think, like, <laughs> often I have to be reminded of the goodness of God and of the gospel message and of my own humility and how much I'm in need of a saviour. And I think when I lose the bigger picture, um, then it becomes a real struggle to love people. Um, yeah, so I think one of... I think reminding... Yeah, reminding yourself of why. And I think when you are fully convicted of the why, I think it becomes a lot easier to put in the hard yards. And sometimes it is hard yards. Um, but I think when there is a very clear understanding of, well, if God loved me, then I should probably love other people too. Challenges. I was thinking actually at the time, like, I don't know about you guys, but I find people challenging. Mm-hmm. Anyone <laughs> else feel that sometimes? Siblings, family, like people who are different to you. God's created all of us uniquely, but I know I'm, I know I'm challenging sometimes, you know. Uh, but, you know, I think we're still called to love because yeah. uh, people are so dynamic. Like, it could be great one day, not another. <laughs> Pineapple with pizza, yeah. <laughs> Papa knows what's up. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess talking about that, I think the biggest challenge for me is actually who I spend my time with. Uh, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day, and I have, I'm a high school teacher as well, so I've been mentioned before. Sometimes it's funny when I get students go, oh, like, sorry, sir, I just didn't have enough time to do this. I'm like, hey, that's funny, yeah, because we've all got 24 hours in a day, <laughs> and, like, we all have some time. So I actually feel like, you know, who, who do I spend time with? I, I find I come back to that question, like, God, who do you want me to invest in? Because when Jesus was here on this earth, he, he came to change the world, but he picked only 12 people to invest his time, his soul, his, his heart. Like, this is, how to, this is what the kingdom of God looks like, and this is how to actually heal. This is how to, whatever was his ministry. And I actually think, um, you know, in every season, I find for, for us, actually, it's, God, who have you put in my life, Christians or non-Christians, that, that I'm cho- chosen to invest my life into, invite closer, but also so into um, the challenging ones, like more challenging and also the easier friendships, I say too. Like, um, do you guys get that too, or is it just me? 
Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like I think, yeah, like just touching on the time thing, like how we invest our time, because you know we're very time limited. And I think a challenge for me at times is like, you know, when you go out to meet someone and like, you know, you have this thing that goes on in your head, like, oh, this is gonna work out like this. I'm gonna talk to the to them about the Bible and they're just gonna have this revelation, but it never like goes that way. So I think, you know, even in those times when it's like a challenge, you know, I think we need to think like, you know, um, is this, we're doing this out of an agenda or is, are we doing it out of an overflow of love for someone? And at times when we're just, um, you know, ticking the boxes like, you know, I need to share the gospel, bring them to church and then, you know, they can just figure it out themselves. I think it's more like you inviting people in, you're doing life with them, bring them into your life, I mean, to, yeah, to your life, but also, you know, are you willing to invest that time? Because it could take years. Um, and I think for for me, what helped is actually, you know, just divide them to things that you're already doing. Like if you're going out, hanging out with friends, watching a movie, playing sports, bring them along. So I think it's, um, yeah, just about managing how you do it. Cool. Um, one thing I've been very convicted of this week, um, I literally got to Tuesday and I was like, God, I don't have time. Like, I've just started a full-time job and that means, like, I'm now friends with 70 other graduates and I don't have time for 70 more people in an already very full life. Uh, and I was like, what do I do? I'm very overwhelmed. I can't. Um, and I think God was very much just like, you have your half an hour lunch breaks, like that's all. Like if you're faithful in this half an hour, like that's that's all I'm asking you to do. Um, and I think sometimes, like yeah, we have those people who we invest, you know, we invest all of ourselves in kind of thing. And then I think we have those people who, like God is only asking you to be faithful in that half an hour. Um, and I think God is also very powerful and he's very good and he's very gracious and he's very capable of using my one half an hour every week. Um, so I think I've been very convicted of not, um, yeah, underestimating what God can do in a very limited time as well. Yeah. That's great. Well, speaking of challenges, uh, we'll take it one step further. Um, how do you connect with people that are your enemies, so people that hate you or, you know, don't like your faith? Um, Jesus calls um, us as Christians to love our enemies. Um, yeah, so has that ever been a challenge and why is this important to do as Christians? Gee, I, I can see that there's like concentrating faces. We can, we can recognise that people pretty easily. Uh, I don't know in this room, hey, there's people that we, we just butt heads with. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, I think there's two parts when it comes to addressing our enemies or, you know, who is our enemy, Scripture says. Uh, and it's actually those who, 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 one, don't know the Lord yet. Uh, and, or there's the devil and those who don't yet know the Lord. And so I'm like, okay, when, when someone comes and, and, and I guess isn't, for example, like I have a family relative who um, knows I'm a Christian and will literally like take every opportunity to, to kind of like undermine me um, at family gatherings. And I'm like, oh, this makes it so much harder. Uh, and so I think that there's a call to love them um, and, and I guess demonstrate the love of Jesus to them because I guess just like he did on the cross there were p his enemies uh, they, they, they cursed him they pierced him and, and, um, but he still acted and demonstrated that love and so I think I guess a call to love again of course still to love um, is tough but 
I think that's our call to love, even when it's hard for our enemies. Um, what do you guys think in that regard? Um, I think one thing, like, yeah, there are some people who are real hard. There are some mm. people who get under your skin a lot. And Intentionally it is too. Yeah, yeah, and it's really hard, um, I think, to love them because everything inside of us is like, I will not love you. <laughs> um, but I think one thing I've learned is find someone who you can be accountable to. I think often it's really easy to slip into attitudes that are really negative and I'm very guilty of this um, but like when you're discussing and maybe you've said something and maybe they call you out on it because mm. I think like it is easy to hate sometimes um, and I think sometimes we need to be called out on that um, and then have that person you know maybe like pray with you maybe pray mm, for good. opportunities to love um, for grace in that too like it is hard and we mess up so, yeah, I think have someone who you are accountable to and who can pull you up when yeah. you're not being very loving. And take someone else with you. If I'm not loving Lynn because I don't like Lynn, I don't know, Lynn, you're pretty nice, so I don't not like you, but maybe <laughs> I take Kevin with me as well um, and he can, he can pull me up on that. Because it's hard in the moment, right? Like I've had even in our church, like when you're in the heat of the moment, you're like, oh, my gosh, my flesh wants to just, you know, lash or just go with the emotion. I think there's actually a moment where we can actually choose to follow the, our flesh or emotion or we can actually bring it back and go, God, help me with this and actually choose to honor God in the moment. And so I think they're actually the, the two things when it comes to loving our enemies. Recognize it. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm starting to be wild up now. Okay, I want to start cursing now. Um, but then go, oh no, actually, God, give me strength to, to love. Um, I think it's an active decision as well in that, in that moment too. As hard as it is. Um, I think that's maybe the way that we're, God's wired us to follow and, and choose, I guess, the, the kingdom, the way of the kingdom, because um, that's very different <laughs> from our world. A question just came through. <laughs> yeah. um, so I wanted you to explain your statement, why are people who don't know Christ our enemies? And I think maybe you didn't mean it that way. Yeah, so. sorry. That kind of was like in the heat of the moment. Um, or when you have uh, non-Christians who kind of roll up at you because you're not a because you are a Christian. I guess it's kind of like that persecution. That's kind of what I'm all meant to clarify. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, was that is really similar to another question that I got um, cool. from the audience as well. Um, and it's how do you love someone who gives you a hard time um, for your beliefs and mm. or have beliefs that are very different um, to you? Does that become a barrier in your friendship and forming relationships with them? Lynn, yeah, I know you've, you know, deal with a lot of Muslim refugees. Do you want to take this one? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think when we started this relationship with uh, the Muslim families, like I started to understand like what um, what Islam was about. And yeah, I didn't even know that, you know, in the Quran it actually prepares Muslims to, you know, if Christians approach you, like how to um, rebuke them. Right? things like that so yeah I think yeah just like what these guys were saying like it all comes back down to love and our attitude like if we um, you know if they have this perception of us and then we just sh by our actions show the contrary and we love them and you know it's not like a you know I think a self-righteous thing 
it's more like we love you, you know, we, you know, we want to point you to truth, but in a graceful way. So there's that balance of truth and grace. And for me, it, yeah, it starts with actions because like, yeah, d especially for Muslims, they are, you know, their salvation is from works. And, you know, we need, um, yeah, just to show them like what grace is, is about, like, um, and, you know, the best thing about grace is like, you know, learning to forgive others and yeah it's just yeah that that attitude i think um when it comes down to it it's funny talking about the persecution right like i've had muslim friends who found out that i wasn't like i went to school with them they found out i became a christian and intentionally they actually came to give me a hard time <laughs> and, and i'll tell you what as a new christian who uh, actually then struggled to read the bible i really had thank god so much that i had a community around me who could sharpen me actually strengthen me and teach me actually uh, these are the foundations of, of what Jesus would do um, because I guess that hard time like in the moment right uh, there is that action to actually love um, I don't know about you guys but I actually find people who do give me a hard time I used to have friends who would say I miss the old Kevin you know the one who get get drunk with me a lot uh, I miss the old Kevin and that intentionally give me a hard time and say you man you, you're missing out on the party um, and that actually was really hard, can I say, because that influence was actually dragging me to the world. Uh, in that season, I felt God actually, uh, actually uh, I guess, convict me that I needed to actually reduce the time I spent with those friends who were trying to pull me back into the world because I, I wasn't firm in my faith at the time and, and actually I'd get swayed to, to actually go back to the clubbing scene or back to um, the drunkenness lifestyle. That's not the, the lifestyle that God calls us to, to, to live. Um, he calls us to have a sober mind and to, so we can choose to honor God in every decision that we make, in every relationship. So I, I, for that season, I had to limit that time with people who were giving me a hard time um, so that I could strengthen my faith. And now that actually, um, you know, I feel like I have somewhat those foundations to spend time and be an influence for the kingdom now. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it, that's given me God's word particularly and, and, and other Christians to, to walk with. Um, it's given me a lot of strength, can I say, so I don't fall back into that sin or, or that lifestyle. Um, hard people. Awesome. Well, I'll ask one more question. There were a few questions that came through um, we didn't get to, but, you know, they're around, so um, if you want to come up and have a chat with them after, that'd be um, open to you as well. So my last question is, do you have any tips for sharing the gospel with people in your life like do you have any you know go to like how you start the conversation like just practical tips golden nuggets hey there's a saying that i've heard um people will not hear until people will not listen sorry until they feel like they've been heard and that has been incredible for me like even being at uni uh one of the greatest things i love doing is actually hearing people's stories man like where you come from you men of faith or women of faith what's your journey been because, you know, when once someone's been valued and affirmed, there's an aspect of, wow, I could actually connect with that. Hey, uh, I've actually been through that as well. Uh, and then that, I think that God opens naturally up those conversations to share, hey, actually, you know, did you know the Bible actually talks a bit about, um, you know, whatever, uh, drunkenness, I guess we've been talking about. Or, hey, actually, you know, God has actually designed us with a purpose. And I find actually hearing people's stories, uh, their highs and their challenges, is a great place to start for, wow, I can, hey, I can connect with that too. Um, and here's what God has done in my life through the good news of Jesus. Um, 
So I think, yeah, hearing, generally listening to people's stories, being curious, um, helps share the gospel in a respectful, honouring, gentle way as well. Um, That's great. There is the saying that we have two ears and one mouth. Yeah. You should listen twice as much as you talk. And I know for some it's harder. Like, I love to talk, but, um, yeah, sometimes I get moments where I'm, but, yeah, listening. Like, that is a challenge for me, to generally listen to people. Um, but when I do, man, I tell you what, the conversations that comes out of it, God, oh, it's been incredible still. Hi, Robin. Got um, nuggets? I think <laughs> I would say be prepared. Like, if you don't know what the message of the gospel is or if you can't say it succinctly, maybe you should learn to do that before you share. Um, And that sounds really silly because it's like, well, we're probably all Christians and have all experienced, um, you know, the saving grace or I've personally experienced the gospel message. But, like, can you actually say what that is and can you say what that's done for your life? Um, And then I think the only other thing I would say is... Um, count the cost and I think you need to count the cost before you get to a place where the cost is being asked of you like are you okay if your friends hate you because you you know because you love Jesus are you okay if you're thought of as weird are you okay if um, yeah like if people think you're strange like are you okay to be isolated because potentially that's the cost of sharing the gospel and if you're not prepared to do that, then you're going to get halfway through and give up. Um, And that's not great either. So, yeah, know what the gospel is, know how to say it, and and count the cost, I think is probably what I would say. Has anyone ever, have any of you guys prepared for a speech before? And like written on a thing and then, like I love that preparedness, like 1 Peter 3.17 says, be prepared to give an answer to why you have the hope that you have when people ask, with gentleness and respect. And, I don't know about you guys, but I love that being prepared. I used to actually write Bible verses on paper in the morning, put them in my pocket, and walk out and and go, God, give me someone to share this with today, and that would be kind of my preparedness. Um, Another thing I have is like three questions. What what are three questions, spiritual questions, conversations you could ask, and maybe stick to those. My favorite is, hey, if you could describe God, what would God be like? That isn't like to any person of faith or not. That is an incredible question to ask, and I, I highly suggest to keep that one in your back pocket. Um, if you could describe God, what could God? What? How would you describe God? Awesome, Lynn. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, questions. Love questions. <laughs> questions are good. Aren't <laughs> um, they? I think another one is like you know, um, if God was here, what would be the first question, or what would you say to him? Like if yeah. he was in the room. Yeah, like yeah, in here right that's now. That's a good one. Um, for me, it's, yeah, it's, it's about stories, so I think learning about people's stories, but also preparing yourself to tell your testimony. What were you like before coming to Christ? You know, what did, you know, what did Christ do for you? But then also, you know, what has Christ done for you after? So I think people really connect with stories and, you know, even just like if they're going through something, like connecting, connecting it to a Bible story, like, you know, People can relate to that. Like for me, I think it was very um, challenging. Like, you know, I read the Bible, like how, how does this relate to me? So being able to connect um, stories together, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I hope um, you guys found it helpful. Um, how about we wrap up with prayer? 
Heavenly Father, um, we just thank you so much for um, the relationships you have placed in our lives and um, we just lift them up to you tonight. We just pray for you to soften hearts of those that don't know you yet and um, we just pray that you help us uh, show your love to those that um, don't know your love yet and help us um, give us with the right words to say and guide our actions and um, in everything that we do and we just pray for people to come to know you eventually. Uh, and just give us patience and give us perseverance as we uh, sow into these relationships. Um, when there are challenges, uh, we pray for you to give us wisdom and give us, um, yeah, your, your guidance um, to navigate those relationships um, in a way that's glorifying to you. Um, and we just, yeah, surrender everything to you. We lift up these relationships and we pray that you guide us um, as we go into the world and build relationships and we thank you so much for everything you've done for us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.